don't have to add to add that up. I'm actually recording now. Oh, are so you? Do, okay. are, do, so are we ready to just go yeah, into it? Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, yeah. We're just talking about Will's demise into an old Into senility and, and loss of bodily autonomy yeah. and, you know. Couldn't get the batteries in. Took a no. few turns at the batteries. <laughs> swapping <laughs> took, them took around. Took a while. Took a while. But you got it in the end. Maybe you got three it goes. In the end. That's true. Like three goes, which means... I was right at least once flipping those around and it didn't take away. And also, in fairness, we're in a very dark room because the lights aren't working. I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> yeah. I'm very confused. <laughs> What's going on? Where am I? <laughs> um, sorry, now this is going to be quite a short episode because I was very late and then Will took 15 minutes to get the batteries in. <laughs> <laughs> We would have been on time, but you know. So we're we were were we still trying to fit the three in in forty minutes? Three, you say? <laughs> Why? What, what were you thinking? I was thinking that we were talking about Robbie Williams, mm-hmm. Britney Spears, yeah, and Agatha Christie. Okay, that's three, but we don't have. I to. am prepared for that. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I don't have a massive amount to say about Agatha Christie, so that could be maybe. We'll All right, let's just have that as a, okay. a little add in at the end. Right, so it's. Okay, that's great. I'll just keep an eye on the time then. We'll give it around whatever. Ten. I don't know. I can't do maths. Right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Professional as ever. <laughs> How are you? Niceties? How's yes, everything? I'm good. Yeah, Despite my uh, senior moment a minute ago, I'm doing all right. How Brilliant. are you? Great. Yeah, it's ridiculously cold outside. Uh, it's not that Power much more marine here either. No. Yeah, and I'm about to go into a classroom that is colder than it is outside across the hall 408 there's a heater in there they put yeah I, I heard that the heater makes no difference because it's like putting so a heater outside yeah, it's like a match <laughs> in an igloo it's not going to really work an electric heater outside yeah. you don't feel it because it's so cold no. unless you're actually gripping the thing yeah you, might, you could kind of stuff it up your jumper somehow yeah. um, I should bring in a hot water bottle into there classes you go. That, yeah. that'd be a good look for you yeah. you won't look like the crazy teacher <laughs> as you slosh around when you're walking water bottle. you don't hear like Do a sloshing sound just before we quickly start my cousin Ruth if you're listening to this Ruth hello and she told me the other night that actually hot water bottles and she uses them a lot are quite dangerous they burst on people a lot I think that's if you fill them up if they're too very much. old and you fill them up yeah. too much I didn't know that apparently you're only supposed to use them a certain amount of times and then you should throw I'd them out I'd say it's hundreds I think, okay. I think you'd know by looking at it oh, if it was right, right okay. yeah. like a, a friend of mine years ago uh, it was more of a friend of a friend of mine. Oh. She used to fill up like a, a an empty Lucasade bottle, or not Lucasade, like a seven up bottle, like a two liter bottle of Lucasade with hot water. I'd get into bed with it until one night it burst. Of course, yeah, it just kind of melted away after doing Jesus. this for a few weeks, and it's just hot boiling water all over her legs. Yeah, like people Imagine. have been really badly injured by this. Like, what's <laughs> that her is name? not a, a water bottle hack, by the way. That is yeah. just, that know, is the opposite of that. Do not do that. We're advising against yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, right. We better go. Enough uh, health and safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough of our uh, warning talk there. Okay, so... What do you ta- want to start with? Will we start with Britney Spears? Sure. Okay, right. I'm going to... Um, will I set a little timer? Or go do you on. think we're okay? Five minutes. We try and do it in five minutes? Five minutes? Ten minutes. Really? How much of a hurry are you in? <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. It's the shortest episode ever. Okay, right. Unless given the, the book itself, there's... You know, yeah. it might, it might Get be it quick done in two. Time. It might take longer talking about it than she spent writing it. (laughs) Okay, so here is one of our intros now. In 1998, Britney Spears is arguably the most famous person on the planet. Ten years later, she would be placed under an involuntary conservatorship by her father. This essentially imprisoned her and every aspect of her life was managed and even the simplest choices were not hers to make. Still, she had to keep on working making astronomical sums of money that she was not allowed to spend as she saw fit. It would be another 13 years before she would be released from the conservatorship. 
Britney Spears, The Woman and Me is her autobiography. Released in October, less than two years since her hard-won freedom, can its five-hour runtime go into enough detail to satisfy our tabloid desires? Well done, Lorraine. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you suggested this book. I you did. were kind of a couple of chapters in when you suggested it. Yeah, yeah. So you could have turned back as well. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I did suggest it for a couple of different reasons. Yeah. Obviously, there was a lot of hoopla about it because there was a lot of revelations that came yeah. out from the book. Uh, so that was one of the reasons. It was in the pop zeitgeist at mm. the time. A hoopla lot of people zeitgeist. were... Zeitgeist. It's quite the day, Aaron. <laughs> scallywags. Well, Lots happen, of scallywags eh? in here. Just a tip for like being number one. But, um, and also, it was only five hours long. I listened to the audiobook and it was only five hours long. Yeah. So I just thought it might be a good one to talk about. Now, I know we've already spoken about Britney Spears mm. with that uh, radio documentary that we listened to the BBC yes, one that's right, but yeah. I thought it might be interesting to hear something from her own point of view yeah. I, you know I've obviously been following the, you know I say following sorry I haven't really been following the Britney Spears story I've been hearing about it because yeah, yeah. it's been in the news and everywhere for the last however many years I've never been a massive I've never been a fan of Britney Spears' music I think she has some good songs yeah, good I, I wouldn't call myself a fan but at the same time I've, over the last couple of years, I've become a bit more interested in her story. Right. Now, having listened to the book, I have so much more sympathy and empathy for her sure. now than I... Yeah. I think listening to that radio documentary that we reviewed last... That was actually probably two years ago Maybe. that it was out. I st- Then I started to think, oh, right, actually, she's actually been treated really, really badly oh, in the media by yeah. the press. But now, having listened to this, yeah. I, like some of the stuff that happened to her was horrific. Like the conservatorship, all of that sort of stuff that we'll get yeah, into I mean, now. Yeah, it's just basic... But the fact is, like, whatever about a conservatorship that, you know, is looking out for somebody's mental health or... But this was essentially uh, turned her into a prisoner. Yeah. But she was still working. Are you, still, that so was the said, worst you can't, thing. you can't do all, all of these things for yourself. But yeah. you've got to go out and earn us. And earn us money, money yeah. And, which you won't have access to, but, you know... And it yeah. just seems like her parents just milked her. Yeah, that's for, what I was like. And her whole family milked yeah, her. Yeah, it really does. And it's t- it was like they were treating her like a trained animal or something. Yeah, like absolutely. an animal in a zoo or something and, like that. And the ultimate irony is she ends up in Vegas performing. But, you know, it's almost like the Elvis showbiz cliche where, you know, he's just hidden away until yeah. it's showtime and then it's wheeled out. Yeah, but at least he could do what then. he wanted. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, the her whole point through it all has been like there are there are people, men mostly, who behaved way worse than her and oh, don't yeah. end up in situations yeah, like this. Yeah, you know? yeah. she made but, a lot of points about that and yeah. that was very true. But and that- I think it was kind of... Um, I, I don't know if it's more that she was a woman in this situation or is she just the victim of terrible parents? I think it's a combination of both. Because like, who? Else, well, yeah, I guess because ultimately there's a lot of people complicit in this who yeah. could have spoken up and didn't. Then didn't, yeah. You know, and, uh, most people family. didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Like apart from maybe that nurse who told her about the Free Britney movement, like in the and yeah. the, whatever solicitor or lawyer that she ended up going to that got her out of this. You know, mm. the vast, vast majority of people in this case did not speak up. Even going as far back, and we'll talk about this, I suppose, as say somebody like Justin Timberlake, who he could see the he amount of hate that uh, yeah, he really does. <laughs> 
Christ. But when that all happened, they were in a relationship together. She talks about that relationship quite a lot. Yeah. It was obviously a huge relationship yeah, for her. Yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like a first love type yeah, relationship. Yeah, it still looms large in her life. Yeah, you know, yeah you know, even now. Yeah. And, you know, what we heard, I suppose, at the time was that Britney Spears had cheated on Justin Timberlake. As a result, they broke up. He was heartbroken. Made this video. The Crimey River Crimey River. River yeah. Made this video with a Britney lookalike in it where yeah. she's he's she's obviously cheated on him. And then he... It's actually a really weird, creepy video. He goes it's over to her house with anything. another girl, yeah. basically has sex with her, films that, yeah. and then leaves that for yeah. this Britney character. But the reality is, he was the one <laughs> he was cheating on her. with fans yeah, and stuff, fans which is and dodgy dancers, enough as it is. Yeah, you know? and different um, things like that. And, and she apparently... Now, so we heard in the audiobook that she did... Well, she said hooked up with this dancer. She said mm. that was or this choreographer. Yeah, uh, Wayne. Somebody. But it's, or yeah, like but it seems to be just a kiss. Yeah, that's all. It that was the to thing. Be. It, it relative was a kiss. to what he did, I mean, not not excusing what she did, but yeah. relative to what he did, it's yeah. minor, you know. And I also think I'm sorry. Now maybe my like my um, what's the word? Better to learn something about Lorraine here. <laughs> I was going to say my scruples. Yes. Let's add in another word from <laughs> 1950s yeah, <exactly>. England. Um, <laughs> uh, scruples are, are, are wrong here, but if your partner is cheating on you and you know that, mm. surely that gives you a bit of a pass. Because in most situations, it's just a given that neither person will do that. If well, the other person I'm, is cheating and, they, sure. and you know that, then surely it's fine for you to go I'm off. I'm not and sure. I think else. technically, yes. But I guess if you do that, then neither of you can ever be can trust the other again oh no like I don't think she can't trust him but now he definitely can't trust trust her her, because she they've both done it yeah so I think oh no I don't think it's right like I say right I think the moral high ground I I would never be in that type of relationship the moral high ground would be kind of that she would go I could but I did Um, yeah that's true and if you do it just because they did it yeah then I guess that's an odd position I know I suppose it's just a lot more understandable to me if if you're saying you know and again somebody like her like we talked about this before with uh, people that are in the limelight and the amount of people throwing themselves sure. at them maybe yeah. it happens more to men than to women but she's a, was is a, a very very attractive woman she could have had any man she wanted Absolutely. at the time and she yeah. chose not to she decided yeah. to kiss this one man that she that obviously she formed knew, he knew yeah. probably had a bit of a bond with or yeah. whatever I regretted it instantly yeah I would imagine now knowing nothing about Bernie Spears except for what I read or listened yeah. to in this five hour audio book <laughs> I would imagine if, if he hadn't have done all of that she probably wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have thought now so. I'm just basically it, did, that it did seem very like not, not and they were 100% very revenge but it, what really comes across out of this entire book is that she to this day after all she's been through is still staggeringly naive yeah, right. she is Why do you just think that? like a child the way she talks yeah. sometimes she's just kind of like even the way the book is written it's all, it's yeah. almost like she's this wide-eyed kind of can't believe these things and stuff mm. but didn't but didn't even know she could have her own lawyer all of this stuff all this yeah. stuff she was just she just didn't somehow manage to find out and still had exposure to the outside world still heard yeah people but in this conservatorship which she was obviously very much against i don't know if she just had this kind of Stockholm syndrome, where she's kind of sympathetic to her captors in a way, but mm-hmm. it didn't well, I suppose seem, her captors are her family, which makes it. it. Yeah, she seemed to. I think some of that was that it was her family, so yeah. I think it's probably a lot more difficult if your captors are your family. But also, 
if you think about you know the way we talked about Beckham last week and and mm. these footballers who they almost their their maturity almost stops at sure. the age yeah, that they yeah. were thrust into yeah. stardom and yeah. and it, she became famous when she was sixteen but mm. she was uh, you know on the road and touring and all that since yeah. she was pretty much like eleven or whatever when she was it, in the Mickey Mouse yeah club. and it all happens by degrees like by millimeters these. these conditions kind of encroach on you and and i think for her like the thing they they hung over her so much was her children yeah that was and that terrible. was just awful the God, way that was she was awful. treated in relation uh, and her what's that guy that guy kevin Featherline. like i already had a feeling he wasn't being. a great guy after this he's even being. even worse yeah. pretty much n- not that many well i was gonna say not that many men there's l- anyone who's mentioned in this book the vast majority of them particularly men do not come off well at no, all no not at all like there was very few men in her life who were treating her well yeah. whether that was her, you know, her father, her boyfriends, mm-hmm. her, you know, promoters, people in the journalists in the media, like talking about her body so much. Yeah, and, and, but I, there was even some clips on from, uh, I think it was a Jonathan Ross interview where he was uh, being very aggressive, kind of in, in his questioning about her her sex life and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just, but I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like so many people. She generated so much money. Yeah, and that uh, so many people were just making a living from her and mm-hmm. just saw her as this you know the golden cash cow, piece, cash almost, cow yeah. and just you know yeah. they just kind of let her dry you know yeah. but I, she yeah. but the only thing I kind of thought was this is a spectacularly badly written book oh did you think so I thought it was really bad badly written right, only okay. because not, not badly written it's it's she has no skill as a writer in that sense she's well, just telling her story in a very yeah. plain way well apparently there was a ghostwriter as well which it doesn't feel like there was a ghostwriter that, in this at all right see yeah. I thought there probably was because I, I was surprised at, just because when I think of Britney Spears now it's terrible but I do think of someone because she has been on so much medication and she talks about that in the book yeah. and at one stage they even put her on lithium which the thing, she, which is the thing she was always afraid of being put mm-hmm. on because her, her grandmother, grandmother had it, yeah. her grandfather had put her grandmother into a mental asylum and then they put her on lithium there and then she'd ended up um, killing herself kind of as and I think it was as a result of this and yeah. she had lost a child or something so she was always worried yeah, about yeah. that and she said you know when I was put on it my mind was gone and my, my brain Absolutely. wasn't working like yeah, surely yeah. Th- that medication has to have an effect kind oh, of like sure. when you yeah. you know when you saw Matthew Perry before he died he wasn't with it like you yeah, can see and when anytime I've seen Britney Spears in an interview or even on her own social media she does not seem with it at all no. so when I start oh so that's 10 minutes so when I started listening to yeah. The um, book. I was actually surprised. I thought it was <clears throat> written better than I thought. But so now I'm having a paranoid moment about the recording. Oh right! Did I press record? Yes. Did I, I put did. in the batteries? And did I? Did I did all of that? Yeah, but you're right. I, I think it does kind of lead to a kind of. I don't know, maybe it's, it's a like, temporary dulling of the... I, I think I so, know, yeah. So I was actually surprised. I thought that when I was listening to it, I was thinking, oh, wow, she's actually she's a better writer than I thought she was. But then I heard there was a ghost yeah. writer, which of so course there was. Just, was. I thought it was just very ordinary. And maybe that's... It is quite... It's very simple. To kind of... Maybe that's the ghost writer just organizing her... The interviews with her into... Yeah, it feels like... Uh, a transcribed but tidied up interview yeah it definitely does feel like that and there's whole chunks of it missing like 13 there's a whole 13 years basically she talks about some of the things but is it 13 years she was in the conservatorship conservatorship and there's she basically skips or even the Vegas um, show there's definitely a big chunk anyway where it felt like oh she just skipped over 13 years there must be a big chunk of it that was very monotonous and very same but you don't get the sense that you know 
like obviously the conservatorship was very difficult for her it was you know it was incredibly unfair and cruel but it doesn't really come off as much worse than other things that happened in her life right. not to play it down i think yeah. that's just that's just the weakness of the writing in it. Like yeah, it I know. Just, no, I know what you mean. It just, there's like not even as in much... describing things, there was no point where I went, oh, that's a really good description of what that was. Yeah, or, that's, yeah. A, that's a great turn of phrase to describe yeah. that, which you would kind of have after enduring something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, it was very different to um, Sinead O'Connor's autobiography. Yes, and and yeah, I think yeah. she wrote that by herself, I think. I don't I'm pretty think sure. I'm sure there was, there. A, there was editors involved and it, it's bound to be. But I mean, it, yeah. it does very much feel like her voice. Yeah. What did you think of Michelle Williams reading it? I thought she was brilliant. Mm, I thought yeah, she was too. so good. And I, at time, every, like, almost every time I, I went to listen to it, because I listened to it in the car and I was driving, at, once in, at least once in every... Uh, listening session I went that's not Britney Spears that's Michelle Williams yeah. talking and she yeah. was brilliant and, yeah, yeah. and she did a, such a good job and it's so difficult I'd imagine to maintain a, an accent for that long yeah. and she just had a and it was just a, it. yeah it was yeah. just a little twang and it wasn't overbearing and she no. wasn't doing a Britney Spears impersonation either but to be, I was very glad that Britney Spears didn't read it because she reads the introduction and like that she just sounds so broken to yeah, me absolutely. she sounds so broken she couldn't have done it I think know. I would have found it hard to listen would, to her the whole way through whereas say with Sinead O'Connor I remember at the time thinking, saying she she read it and I loved hearing mm-hmm. her voice because she did seem very vulnerable yeah. and almost childlike in a way but it was lovely and innocent and, and then at the same time it didn't feel like she was reading yeah you know? it sounded like and she was talking to that's what Michelle Williams was able to do but I think if Britney Spears had done it I think that brokenness in her voice would have made the story more poignant and it would have you know, but you you wouldn't put her through it, obviously. No. But it, it it would just uh, just as it was. I kind of felt this is the plainest. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm somebody who's reading a magazine article to me. Yeah, it is. Know? It it was very yeah. much like that, yeah. and there was so much. You know, there's I'm all, I'm always banging on to my students about the three act structure and having mm. to put in all of this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you know, the main thing we talk about is conflict. You have to have conflict yeah. and tension, and there's so much conflict in her life. But the way the book was written, it yeah. could have been written in a much more dramatic way. That I don't mean dramatic. I just mean. A, a much more structured get, way that would have added to that or yeah. would have added to her arc or something like that because, because the there's stakes, so much there yeah, the stakes are huge in it for, yeah. in, in her life but it just there's seems, no tension or something even though everything yeah. we're hearing is horrific and for a life that's so tumultuous and just um, lived at such a large scale but then becomes a prisoner it's, I mean it's a it, it's a story with all those ingredients yeah. built in yeah. but that particular telling of it was just a yeah. bit Yes, I think plotting, so. Do you, know? you think they'll make a film out of this? Oh, it's only a matter of time. I'd yeah, imagine it seems. I'd imagine, especially with the success film, of the yeah. book, because the book apparently has been extremely successful, mainly because of the revelations. I think there's a lot yeah. of revelations that came out Absolutely. about it. All the stuff about Justin Timberlake. There was yeah. another revelation that she actually got pregnant when they were together, and she yes. says he basically he was, convinced her to have yeah, an abortion. Yeah. And she couldn't even go to the hospital because yeah, they didn't want to associate. Be this, yeah, you know, so that, just, that all sounded uh, terrible. It, it just seemed horrendous. But, and again, he doesn't come out of it very oh, he well. Re- so do you know that apparently his tour was cancelled because he was getting so much hate really? after the book that his tour was cancelled? Wow. Yeah. That's so, surprising. Yeah. I would have thought there'd be enough of his fans who just wouldn't care. Yeah. You know? And it's, you know. Now, I need to verify this because that was just a headline that I read and thought, wow, but for all I know, that could not be not true at all. And, you know, no, it's it's a handful of fans, but it's not all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's just clickbait garbage. Would you recommend it? um, I think, I don't know whether I'd recommend it or not. I wouldn't if it was any longer. 
No, I think the fact that it was only five hours, that was the main reason why I listened to it. And also because everybody, or, you know, I kept hearing about it. To be honest, I think you could probably just, there's a lot of videos and articles online about the revelations that come out. Yeah, you could probably just read that yeah. and get the same thing. I mean, as a book experience, I didn't think it was very good. No. As a story, could have been told better. I thought yeah. Michelle Williams kind of saved the whole thing. Yeah. That she was the thing that kept me going yeah. with it. I do. I so well. Yeah, I suppose now, like I said, I do have a lot more empathy and sympathy for, for Britney Spears. So mm-hmm. I suppose that is one thing that came yeah. out of it. But, uh, and I suppose just about, now the radio documentary would have made me think this anyway, but just thinking a little bit more about how particularly women in general are treated in the media and the, the effect that they can have on them. I think anything yeah. that kind of raises awareness of that is, oh, of course, is good, yeah. you know. I just think that there's a, there's a better version of that story that yeah, could be told. I think just, so. Again, it's it's back to the problem of, you know, the autobiography versus the biography. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, kind of like yeah. she's she's a very nice person. Very, yeah. She seems like a very decent, good person. Mm-hmm. But, and she can only go so far in, in her criticism of people. Yeah. She won't. That's but, the thing. But I think if, if, if you got somebody to really interview her yeah. and, and get it out of her if they could and she didn't have editorial control of what came next it yeah. would be a better read yeah, it would be tougher so. on her yeah. and she'd have to be okay with that and have to agree to that you wouldn't want to do anything that, that she wasn't able for mm-hmm. but there's a better version of that story that yeah I think it, so I know. thought the same yeah okay right. so uh, not really recommending it but that it's not the worst thing inter- I've ever read it, it'll keep you going if you have a casual kind of picking up a magazine and a dentist yeah. office kind yeah. of way of, or if you're driving from Dublin to Kerry West Cork yeah. or something like that but no other locations yeah. only those only two only points only those two <laughs> yeah. okay that's great okay so yeah. we move on to yeah. the Robbie Williams documentary yeah. okay let Lorraine entertain you <laughs> with her intro <laughs> <laughs> Two intros, right, okay. I'll do In a new Netflix documentary, Robbie Williams looks back on his younger self after 25 years of his record-breaking solo career and reflects on a lifetime spent in the spotlight. Directed by Joe Perlman, the four-part series, shot in 2022, takes us to Williams' Los Angeles home that he shares with his wife, Ada, and their four children, who he heralds as being his saving grace. Aside from a few scenes where William is pictured walking the grounds of his mansion in a cardigan, the singer spends the majority of the time lying in bed watching old footage on his laptop. This footage charts the 49-year-old's rise as a member of Take That, his struggles with addiction, mental health issues and what the last episode calls redemption. The series has been given a mixed reception by critics, with some calling it a claustrophobic, navel-gazing, four-hour-long monologue delivered by Williams that makes for grim viewing. Others, however, have given the documentary five stars and praised it as a searing examination of the price of fame. So, which is it? An honest portrayal of a man confronting his darkest moments? Or a self-indulgent and possibly even exploitative extended therapy session? Let's find out. So uh, you recommended this, and when you yeah. recommended it to me, I thought you said that it was a Robin Williams documentary, right. and I yeah, got yeah. very excited about it. And actually, funny enough, the same thing happened la- yesterday in class. I said, "Did anybody watch that Robbie Williams documentary?" And one of my students went, "What? There's a uh, what?" And I said, "Yeah, it's on Netflix." And then he thought about it for a while. And he said, "Oh, sorry, I thought you meant Robin Williams." Oh, okay. it's like, hey, I did that there too. There is a Robin Williams documentary. Uh, 
something inside my head. It's oh, is there? Oh, right. See inside I've heard my of head it. or something. Okay, like that. right. Um, um, I'm just going to set a little alarm here. But you can, so yeah. why did you um, I, feel the I, need to Because I thought like we were on a bit of a 90s roll with our yeah. Beckhams and uh, <laughs> Britney. And this seemed like a nice round out to the... And I guess Rooney next, but it, yeah. it seemed like a nice round out to the late 90s, early 2000s kind mm-hmm. of nostalgia role we were on, our, our lowbrow uh, <laughs> series. But I think um, uh, I had heard about it and I kind of thought that is the kind of trashy thing I would watch. Because <laughs> right. I've, I've got a real weakness for that stuff, you know. Yeah, which I'm I always surprised about. But I think it's I like you gotta have balance. You yeah, know? So I like to balance. Yeah, there's stuff. certain like, things to watch, yeah. and then, but then there's other things. Yeah, this, I mean, it's too I, trashy. I don't really believe in guilty pleasures, but this is as close as it'll get. Okay, from right. But you know, and I guess there's no reason for this to be a trashy thing. It's just I guess Robbie Williams has a kind of uh, I don't know, just something about his music. It's just a bit too. How do you say this without being a snob? Middle of the road. Lowest common denominator. Okay. Do you know what right. I mean? If you yeah, have a piece yeah. of music that everybody yeah. loves, it's probably yeah. not the most challenging piece of music in the world. Generally speaking. Okay. Generally right. Speaking. Right. Or okay. you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna appeal to a, a wide range of people, you've got to find a bit where they all overlap, and it's probably just very traditional influences. He's not breaking the mold with his okay. music or anything like yeah. that. But he's um he's an interesting character. I think he's a, and I guess because of the whole people on the, who've experienced extreme levels of fame and what that's done mm-hmm. to the people with, with mental health issues who have experienced extreme levels of fame and what, what that world does to a person, you know? I thought from that point of view, it would be interesting. So the format of the show is that he is being shown a lot of footage of his life that he's never seen mm. before. So he's in his... Um, his, it looks like a big LA mansion now, wandering mm. around at night, and he's very in his moody, moody, moodily lit shots. Yeah. And he's watching stuff on a laptop, and then he goes, he stares at his reflection in a window, and, you know, and it's just, it's all very staged and all, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know how filmmakers don't know how see through that stuff. Yeah. It's just how, how Especially now when everyone's know. so media literate. Yeah. But like like that shot of Beckham after the revelations, the section on the, his infidelity and stuff like that in his documentary, where you get these shots of where it looks like he's kind of going, I just need a moment, and he's mm-hmm. sitting there looking sad. But they use it, you know, mm-hmm. and he would have proved them to use it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I know. Break. it's so performative. Yeah. But with with this, I think with Robbie Williams, he's not. He's he's very open and honest, mm-hmm. and he's not really trying to hide anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that sense, he's an interesting character, and and, and, a, and as a pop culture icon, I guess he's been through a lot, and uh, you know, he's he's a person who struggles with depression, obviously, but he's also this raging extrovert at the yeah. same time, yeah, and this very shy and anxious kind of guy. You know, there's there's something interesting there in that kind of contrast you know mm. and I, had you were you a big take that fan and you're young enough to have been a big take that fan take and, that and, actually yeah. funny enough was almost like when I say slight like the, I kind of came in like at the end of take that success so it's only now that I'm looking back yeah, so I okay. think they were like I said a little bit ahead of my time I mean as in like a couple of years okay. where it was yeah, it yeah. was more for me like boys own and people like that who came after him like the bargain <laughs> very, very, that. Yeah. <laughs> take like, that from which yeah but um but now I'm looking back and think like for me um what's that song back for good I still yeah. think especially after doing the, the, the love zone show as I call it mm. um there's certain songs they take that songs so I think that was a really good song oh, yeah, like back for good 
was very good. There's a couple. There's a couple of take that songs that are brilliant, and I think Gary Barlow is a really, really good um, uh, songwriter. There's certain things that he does really well, but with uh, Robbie Williams. Again, like that, I was never a big fan of his music. However, I did always think, even when I was younger, he's someone who I would never go out and buy his music, mm. but I'd say he's very good to see live. Like, I remember when oh, he played at so. Slane and yeah. a couple of people, or he played at Marley Park, different places like that, and a couple of people I know went to see him. I think he might, maybe my sister went to see him. Again, people who wouldn't have bought his music, yeah. but they just went to see him, I kind of out of curiosity. And, and that's kind of what it was I mean about the, show. the lowest common denominator thing. And I only mean that in terms of... As representing a big number of people not, yeah. not judgment on, on them in any other way but it, it's just a big group of people that he's appealed to and yeah. it, it can range from hardcore fans to this people is going to be a good show I, yeah. I like his stuff well yeah. I haven't bought any of it but it'll yeah. be a good day out kind of thing, funny you know? with the, the mass appeal thing I, I always think kind of as somebody if there is a song that uh, so many people like you can say millions of people like even if I don't get it I do always think well there must be something in it because sure. uh, that many people wouldn't love it so much if there wasn't something well, about it but I think when it's a crowd that big you're going to have hardcore people in the middle and then mm. right spreading out towards the edges you're going to have people who are just there going play the song yeah, play yeah. the song we're here to hear <laughs> yeah no you I know, know what you mean now, whereas the w- smaller group is kind of they're all here they're really dedicated they're to hardcore hear that. to everything yeah know? now the, so Angel seems to be his, his sort of biggest song ever I, I was never a massive fan of that I kind of you know I've heard it I think it's just I've heard it so many times mm. now it's been overplayed one song that I did actually always I suppose like in a way was Let Me Entertain You more so because I always used to think I'd say that song is very good live yeah. I can imagine and him playing and opening with it, yeah. with it and you know I can yeah. imagine how that would be a really good song to yeah. listen to live but again I'm not going to go out and buy it or I'm not going to yeah. like even maybe download it or whatever but, but a song like that almost seems like slightly cynically made as an opener yeah like for it's, sure it's like we need an opener what, what do, what's good about openers and it's yeah. like it's like a brilliantly put together uh, piece of machinery that just works for that purpose yeah and, and if you listen to the lyrics it's all a bit nonsense right purpose, okay you know, yeah just, well I suppose again just like anyone and I think again and I'll talk about Guy Chambers in a minute but I think Guy Chambers had so much to do with mm. his success but again yeah. even that be the ability to be able to say okay what makes a good opening song let's put it all together and make it yeah, again because absolutely. I can't do that I, I, I'm always a bit in awe by that and think wow fair play yeah. you did it and you did it really really well so I was actually I would have said I was a Robbie Williams fan as in I was a fan of his personality not so much of his his work or his yeah. um, his music but of his personality but actually in a in a sad way the documentaries actually kind of put me off him now a little bit really okay yeah. so what was it that put you off well, him the there? first thing was I found the whole thing quite boring overall I found it like there's four episodes yeah, a like with a lot of Netflix things four episodes was way too long that's four one hour episodes so mm. four hours yeah, yeah. almost as long as Britney Spears yeah. audiobook. book you could have gotten that down to two and a half hours definitely easily, yeah. yeah and I just thought it was far too long I thought visually it was very boring I thought this mm. this thing like I liked the the fact that he was looking at footage of himself yeah. uh, and that was all very interesting and, and uh, kind of like the Beckhams you know because they fi- seemed to film everything yeah, when he yeah. was in his take that day so it was interesting getting to see uh, some of those images and shots of when he was young that I would have never seen before but just this thing of him sitting on his bed with his laptop and I know they're trying to show well that's what I do now if I'm not if I'm not out of the show I am just sitting here in yeah. my bed but like visually that's <coughs> yeah. really boring like we're watching it Absolutely. I just think there's another way of doing it the fact that it was just him in the documentary as well I found that yeah. very boring yeah. my favourite episode was the last episode when his wife comes into it yeah. and 
his his daughter comes into it or other people come into it that's when and she seems like a you know funny interesting yeah, character absolutely. as well yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of her like the best thing about I kept the whole time I kept comparing it to the Beckham documentary which yeah. probably shouldn't have because it's a different documentary but at the same time I just watched it and they're both documentaries about people and I yeah. found the Beckham documentary so much more interesting but there's so much more variety in it there's so much the more variety yeah there's so many more interviews again like what we were saying some people were only interviewed for one yeah. sentence and all of that and I just found it, my my overall feeling was that it was quite boring. I but, finished it because I yeah. felt like I had to for this, but I wanted it to finish yeah, a absolutely. lot. There was a lot of different. Was Gary Barlow interviewed at all at, at no, any point? No, he wasn't. And that would have been good. Four hour interview or uh, documentary series about about Robbie Williams and never meant uh, get Gary Barlow's side because of it. he was such a big part of his life. He's like, still just, such or a big part of his life. Anyone would take that, you know. Yeah, it's just very strange. It's yeah. just an odd choice to do because you're just cutting off this huge um, element of your documentary that you could just make it more interesting. Yeah, it would have made it so like much more whole, interesting. All these other perspectives could have really helped. Yeah. I don't think Guy Chambers wanted to be part of it. Okay, I'm, so the- I'm sure. I have a feeling he was asked, but I don't think he wanted to be a part of it in okay. terms of an active participant. Or okay, and like they, we saw enough of Guy Chambers, I suppose, in the in the the videos that he, mm. like his personality comes across. I thought he seemed to come across as a really nice guy. Yeah. That was one of the things I thought. Robbie Williams, like, oh, so it's so hard because he's obviously he he got famous so young. Like I didn't yeah, realize yeah. he was so young when he started sixteen. Kind of like Britney Spears, his maturity probably stopped then. Mm. He was obviously maybe had depression or, or a tendency yeah. towards that anyway. Then you throw that type of person into stardom like drink drugs everything else he took as he said himself he took everything that obviously escalated it so I know at the whole time I was thinking I know I should feel sorry for this person because he's having these horrific panic attacks on stage which does look horrific he's suffering from depression and all that but I found it very hard to feel sorry for him I think I think it's just the way the tone of the documentary makes Mm. him less sympathetic in a a weird way I don't quite get it yeah he is a when you look back at that footage you do feel for him and you kind yeah. of go you feel for him then but now it's it's I don't know it's just something about the way it's done now it's a little bit oh. self-serving again it is you know and, I mean? uh, yeah, and I was thinking about it just last night I was like why was it because there were times where I did feel bad for him like when I first started watching it I actually felt I was just saying this to Shane the other night that I, I felt it I found it hard to watch it because I thought he seemed I keep using this word so shook looking and yeah. not just that he looks older obviously he looks older but he just seemed compared to the person he was he seemed you know almost not himself so I found it a little bit hard to watch it yeah, first because you, of that I, I, you look at him now and you kind of go everything he's been through has taken it's really him, t- you know? and you can see that and it's hard to and I suppose maybe we're just surrounded again I know I keep talking about Matthew Perry like I found it very hard to watch Matthew Perry on the Friends reunion mm. I would have found it hard to listen to Britney Spears in autobiography sure. it's kind of the same to a slightly lesser yeah, degree yeah, yeah. Robbie Williams I think is very lucky because he, yeah, met, he, he, he met someone yeah, who seems absolutely. to be a really good partner for him he's got children he obviously loves I actually watched an interview just last night that was done after the documentary yeah. about what, what people google about Robbie Williams he comes across a lot way better in that oh, and he even seems yeah, yeah. a lot now he's doing an interview so I suppose he's like pulled himself together and all of that but he seems even a lot happier in that yeah and also like there's a, there's a huge amount of goodwill towards him I think yeah know, yeah people really want him to be happy and well and I, you know yeah I think that the, it was a good example of um like somebody not in control of their talent in a way because yeah. he's a good performer he's a good singer uh, I, I say good singer. I don't think he's a brilliant singer, he's, yeah. and I'm sure he'd agree. I think he's he's good and yeah. he's a very good performer. Yeah. But and like Guy Chambers has said, he's a very good top line melody writer. He's a good lyricist, you know, at times. Um, 
but he didn't have what Guy Chambers has, yeah. and Guy Chambers doesn't have what he, he has. has. Yeah, so but, they needed each other. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. and they, they had this this what they call their imperial phase, you know, in right. music where they, everything is going well. And but then, you know, they have some kind of falling out yeah. that isn't fully addressed. Yeah, and it Robbie seems like Robbie on, Williams. Yeah. It was the same thing. He seems to have a problem with people getting credit for writing and mm. music because that was the same reason he left Take That yeah, you know, yeah, because he, Gary Barlow was getting all the credit for yeah. the writing now Gary Barlow was probably doing the vast majority of, of, the the, of the writing <laughs> yeah. and it was the same with Guy Chambers like yeah look Robbie we all and this is why I found it hard to feel sorry for him yeah we all think Guy Chambers probably maybe wrote a little bit was evolved a little bit basically we all think you wouldn't be as successful as you are if it wasn't for Guy Chambers but just like you said there Guy Chambers can't do what you do yeah, you have something yeah, that yeah. most people don't have just like, appreciate the the partnership rather yeah. than and like I know it's easy to say that it's obviously he's obviously the, just the type of person where he wants all the the I don't mind the fame or glory I don't mean that in a in a way that he's just that's just the type of person he is I mean he obviously wants that credit he really craves that credibility yeah. and he doesn't I suppose he knows he doesn't get it now I do think that it was terrible how the press treated him like oh, yeah, same in the Beckham thing yeah. Jesus the press back then were just but I always awful. find it so weird when you see them like going from a restaurant to a car and the press are just flashing uh, photos like crazy getting them and they kind of go what a guy going from a restaurant I know. into a car how many pictures of that do you need well, yeah. what's, the, what's the scoop here you know yeah I know <laughs> Rob yeah. spotted that restaurant I know it's, okay. uh, the, the constant it's, flashing and I'm watching The Crown at the moment with Diana and it's mm, the last days of Diana yeah. and that type of just like like hunting after them it's just yeah. no and there were definitely times where I, I watched it and I, I did start to feel genuinely sorry for him you know when he was really struggling with the panic attacks on stage yeah, and then but then awful, you do yeah. think but then why are you keeping going like there is another money, part of him so much money involved you know yeah and he also says himself he wanted the fame like yeah. there was a part of fame That's that he hated and there was a yeah. you know he you know he is a bit of a I wouldn't say narcissist what's the, what's the other word I'm thinking of somebody who's very but I think he's also you know he's validated by that attention but it's the scariest thing in the world for him to go out and actually do the thing that that he has to do to get it yeah and I guess it's like you know at that scale it must be terrifying yeah know. I know and like the last episode I did actually really enjoy now it was very neatly wrapped up but I did really enjoy the last episode I really liked the bits with his wife and when we see him we take that well, that yeah, was yeah. one of my favourite parts because I just thought that's so lovely like he said some horrible stuff about Gary Barlow and he admits that himself in the documentary even like shows in the press everything pro- and about his time and take that but they, it seemed like they really welcomed him back yeah, with open yeah. arms and they were very kind to him and really th- that section was brilliant and, and then I, and I watched that I thought okay this was the problem there wasn't enough other people in it right. it's very hard to emphasize with somebody when all you're seeing is them yeah I think it's, it's, it all seems very indulgent yeah and, you know, and that's yeah. what I kept thinking the whole time I was like this feels very self-indulgent mm-hmm. and then I know money does not equal happiness I really do know that but you know I'd be starting to feel sorry for him and thinking Jesus that's terrible and the addictions and everything else and then it would pan out to his massive mansion <laughs> and I was like okay well now I feel slightly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and again I'm yeah. not superficiality does not equal happiness definitely not at all sometimes it's the opposite money mansions do not equal happiness he also has a wife he also has kids you know he has a lot of support around him and also you know there's a danger in kind of looking at people like that and looking at their anxiety and thinking that the version of anxiety that he has is much bigger than anyone else's because his life is bigger than most people's but it's not what he has is what somebody down the hall here would have or somebody you know in the shopping centre next door would have. Yeah, it's not, they, they don't have... The, it's, it's 
this amplification the of their of their lives in every way. Yeah. If they're depressed, it's beyond anything you yeah. and I could understand. It's not. It's the same. It's just like the problems of of bands. I I think are are the same no matter how big the band is. Yeah. It's all ego driven. It's all credit based. It's mm-hmm. all you know job envy and stuff like that. Money uh, just means you're probably you've driven in, in a nicer car to get there to have those problems well, yeah. you're going back to a nicer house yeah. but the problems are the same yeah, so yeah. I think there's a real danger of going oh, Robbie's meltdown that he had in, yeah. you know, at before Nebworth is is somehow worse than, like the, bigger the, than the circumstance is bigger but his problem mm. is is not superhuman it's like what yeah. any of us could have or any of us have experienced you know, yeah. it's yeah. just just we don't get four-hour documentaries well, on Netflix about it. And know? I think that was the overarching feeling that I had. One, visually, that it was quite boring. I found it quite boring mm. at times. But also, yeah, it seemed very self-indulgent yeah. at times. And so, and it was hard to emphasize with them. It's, you know, I'd say if you're a Robbie Williams fan or even just aware of him, uh, so aware of him the way I was. Now, the only thing is it, it, it has changed my opinion on him a little yeah. bit and that I probably did like. I found him a bit more likable before. But this is obviously kind of, maybe the more real version yeah. of him the, there's a the huge amount of archive footage of him the, the, he must be one of the most photographed and filmed people in history like there's a huge amount his whole life has yeah. been documented yeah. I thought the whole Jerry Halliwell chapter was, was, was nice but it was kind of bittersweet in a way because it seemed yeah. like there was potential there yeah, and, and then- it just couldn't happen Probably. for one reason or yeah. another and she I came know. across very well yeah she did she actually yeah yeah so yeah so would you recommend it i kind of would i think it'd be you're either gonna i think you, if you've any kind of casual interest in, in robbie williams you're gonna like it uh and if you're a fan you're gonna love it mm. i think you're not pushed one way or another you'll at least enjoy the first episode yeah and you might first not episode, it after that first episode you know? the last episode were my yeah. favorite i think in and between you can probably that, just I watch it. both of those and you'd be yeah right. to be honest yeah <laughs> probably and then kind of yeah. like fast forward through the others yeah. okay all right so we have three minutes so okay, much when, we, when we talk three minutes about on, on wagatha christie i can't even read the real wagatha christie okay so uh overall impressions of it um, I'd kind of seen this before in a few different formats. There was a, there's been a few things about it now. There was a, there was a TV show uh, dramatization of it. At oh, one okay, point. right. There was a <laughs> podcast about it. Um, numerous articles. I thought this one was the weakest of all of the ones I've seen, mm-hmm. and I thought um, it came across. Uh, it was maybe a bit too rushed in some ways, and in other ways, it felt terribly long. long enough, <laughs> yeah. But. Um, I didn't think everyone came off as well as you would have thought in it. I thought Colleen Rooney came across as somebody who, um, like, very calculating in how she did it mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and very kind of. But you know, to to figure out that this issue about this uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Vardy that she was these leaking stories, stories, like she did not have to go onto Twitter to do that, mm-hmm. and going onto Twitter like that all these times oh I didn't think it would become all this that is bullshit She's, she is, she had been involved in the media for far too yeah. long 20 to years know, at that stage to know that that was not going to be yeah. a, a huge story Yeah. so she destroyed that woman yeah she really did Yeah. and look she was a very stupid person and a very greedy person to do this a very untrustworthy person does she deserve what happened to her 
I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, it, that's interesting know. because I, I actually do have down here unpopular opinion <laughs> because yeah. I thought I feel the exact same way as you yeah. do and actually kind of like the Robbie Williams thing, I had a lot more sympathy for Colleen Rooney before I watched yeah, this yeah. documentary then I watched this and by the end and I was thinking, yeah, God, isn't the whole time because again, I got, I got uh, you know, rushed up in this narrative the way everybody was talking about it and the whole wag yeah, of the Christie yeah. thing and how she figured it out which was very clever and all of that but um, by the end of it, I was thinking, who cares that yeah, she sold stories of Eugene Scrap? First of all, you're married to one of the most well-known footballers yeah. in the world. You're incredibly rich. People are obviously interested in your life. The stories that she... You, so you know going on to Instagram. I hate this thing of them yeah. pretending that they don't know yeah. what it's like to be in the public eye. You you have an... And, you know, again, we saw images of her mansion that they were building yeah, out yeah. in the out in the country. You have all of that because yeah. you were in the public eye. Yeah. Don't be so naive or pretend to be so naive yeah. to think that anything you put up on Instagram isn't of interest to people for some reason and even if it's your private Instagram it doesn't any matter any, like you're entitled to your privacy but sadly it's unreasonable to expect it yeah know? it is and, and if you know that she's selling these stories just block her. Yeah, that's the thing. And the and stories. Nothing, you know? And the biggest, my biggest problem with it was the story. I thought she was selling stories that somehow affected Colleen Rooney because I didn't actually see these stories because I wouldn't follow the tabloids. Mm. Then when I watched the documentary, it's like these were stories about that you had put up that you thought were fine to put up on your private Instagram, which yeah. had like three hundred or maybe like a thousand followers. Like it was quite yeah, a lot yeah. of followers anyway. They were not. In any sort of stories that would have affected Colleen Rooney's life in a negative way at all who cares yeah. if she was selling stories to the press if she was just block her block her out of your life talk to her privately and say look here I know you're selling stories even have a private conversation about it to yeah. go onto Twitter and put a post up knowing what that's going to do to somebody's life when she, when she was seven months pregnant yeah. I think that was awful I actually think it was an awful yeah. awful thing and to also do. this idea that um, like that she, she did this he went to Twitter, she put this story up and uh, just acted so naive that she didn't think it would become... She didn't think it would go legal, yeah. Come on, you, she has been uh, abused by the media since she was a kid. Yeah. But also has probably manipulated the media a little bit here and there to get what she wants. Yeah. And leaked stories herself to kind of, you know, adjust public opinion or influence public opinion about her. So, you, you can't be so naive about this to think that these things aren't going to happen. Um, and yeah, like also, there's also there's some stories about her seeking like um, was there something about infertility or some treatments? Or oh yeah, like yeah. And that was the, and I thought that was the bit that was a bit you know shouldn't have been the, the thing you know shouldn't shouldn't have been leaked by by Rebecca Vardy. Mm. But oh, like don't get me wrong, Rebecca Vardy. Yeah, like you said, she's obviously very greedy, very desperate. To be honest, I just felt sorry for her the whole time. Yeah. Like you know, she's obviously not not the type of person you would want in your circle. But nobody deserves. She yeah. didn't kill someone. Like the thing about her was she, she the, the man she was married to, the footballer she still is, I guess. Yeah. He had this one spectacular year of football where I think they won the Premiership, Leicester, and they were kind of like a never seen as contenders before this okay. so she then ent- ended up in this circle but then nobody they all thought people would swoop in and buy him and he'd be this huge star and he'd be but that didn't really happen okay and so she always seemed like somebody who was clinging to the edge of to this the, yeah. wag circle the, you know, the, she yeah. was, that's she was relegation away from well, being dropped well, from well, that well you know, that's so. the thing that's why I felt sorry for her because she's obviously somebody who desperately wants to be in yeah. Colleen's circle because of the fame like she's just yeah, a yeah. social climber so you know just feel so if you're like be the, I know it's very easy 
easy to say. Be the bigger person. See for see it for what it is. Absolutely. Remove her blocker. Talk to her privately, definitely. And you could even say to her, look, if you continue with this, I'm going to take legal yeah. action. But to go on to Twitter and make such a public announcement, knowing the repercussions of that, the punishment did not fit the crime yeah, but at also, all. But at the same time, I kind of thought, I, I agree that she should have gone to her and said, like, I know it's you. This has to stop. We'll we'll go our separate ways. Yeah. But she denied it and then sued her. Yeah, well, no, that was... That was the stupid move that was, because but then it, you did it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. But I suppose she defamed her in a way. You know, she says she actually named her. So she, she obviously she defamed did it. with the truth. I know, you but know, like to her... You can't someone if, with the truth. If she's, yeah. if she's pretending that she didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, no, like I think her countersuing. Like they're both think, as bad as each other the thing, here. Like but she, it, the, the fact that she went public with it meant that she almost felt like she had to sue her. I think so. I don't think she... She wouldn't have sued her if she that had just had a private conversation yeah. about but it. I the think fact she that was, she went public. I think she was naive enough to think that she would somehow... This wouldn't be able to be proved. Yeah. That she would get a big payday out I, of her. A big yeah. final payday out of her. Yeah. Or maybe she just needed to... Because it was... I think some of the suing as well was because of the abuse that she was getting and, and that it did actually yeah. really negatively and has she, negatively I, impacted her life. Maybe she thought she backed down once it became... A, yeah, a, a, possibly. Or maybe she, or maybe she thought she could clear her name even though she's done it because yeah. the, the abuse is so bad but yeah basically I just thought I didn't agree with uh, Colleen Rooney's actions at all no. um, and yeah again with the documentary I think to be honest I'm just watching too many biopics recently and you need to stop now for yes, a while because I was Beckham uh, too many biopics too many self sponsored yeah I think so like everything that, yeah. I've watched lately has been a bit like that the one person who I did actually think came off better in it than I thought he was was Wayne Rooney yeah, because when they went to America and they talk about Colleen Rooney um, getting very depressed he kind of immediately brought them back home whereas yeah, you know yeah. having watched the Beckham documentary he yeah. wouldn't have done that you know so actually he came across a lot uh, nicer or yeah, more supportive yeah. of now he's obviously done a lot of shady things in the past mm-hmm. but more supportive of Colleen than I thought he was so that was one person that I thought came across well but overall look, yeah again if you're interested in the story have a watch of it yeah. I personally just think even at three episodes was it not, was a bit drawn out it was a bit drawn yeah, out there are other versions the, of this that are probably more entertaining yeah, and, the, yeah but, that, the whole time I was watching it I was just thinking who cares who yeah. cares these, so yeah these are just, you know, like there's probably kids all over the country having uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter kind of feuds. This is just that on, yeah. a, on a global scale. Yeah, you know? I know. And it's That's... kind of, it's, it's such a small, squalid, petty little story that's, you know... Yeah. But it's made to feel like high drama. Yeah, you know, I know. Oh, you read a tweet you didn't yeah. like? Oh, my God. I know, it's ridiculous. Now, now a person is has a three million pound debt yeah. because of <laughs> because some tweets you didn't like? I know, Come it's on. crazy. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm already five minutes late from the right, class, okay. so I better Fair go. <laughs> all right. But, I'll uh, tie you up here. You <laughs> yeah. go on. Um, all right, so we don't know okay. what we're doing next, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Figure and, it out, yeah, yeah. Any suggestions, send them on. Send them on in. Yeah, now that we have so many... Still time Listeners. for someone to be our first uh, writer in. Yeah, or, somebody please write in yeah, or, or text or on, the, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or send or us a message. DM us on yeah. Instagram or anything like that. Yeah, I'm like, Instagram? Uh, individually, well, no, individually, yeah. <laughs> we should set up an Instagram page, actually. Yeah. Okay, right. Another thing that people won't interact with. <laughs> yeah. And on that depressing note. Yeah. <laughs>